Hello, CFL fans and degenerate gamblers. Welcome back to Third Down Gamble, the CFL betting podcast. I'm your host, Kyle McMahon, here to discuss all things Canadian football, matchups, news, notes, and of course, betting lines. I'm going to do a rundown of all four week one matchups as we finally close in on kickoff time after a 20 month hiatus. If you're listening, you obviously know where to find the podcast, but if you like what you hear and want to help spread the word, Third Down Gamble is available on several major platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and can always be accessed at anchor.fm slash thirddowngamble, third with a three. Your subscribes and reviews are greatly appreciated. And if you like what, uh, if you'd like to get in touch with me, feel free to fire off an email to cflbettingpodcast at gmail.com. We've finally got some lines to bet on here, so without further ado, let's hop on in. Winnipeg and Hamilton will meet in a Grey Cup rematch just under 24 hours from the time of this recording, with the Cats looking to avenge their November 2019 defeat. Under the lights in Winnipeg tomorrow night. Odds makers have set this line at minus three and a half in favor of the Tabbies, and your over under total currently sits at 51 and a half at most books. Injuries, injuries, injuries. Uh, you know, we expect this uh, every year coming out of camp. Teams have to deal with some casualties when when camp breaks and uh, these these teams are no exception uh, obviously on the Winnipeg side Andrew Harris is been ruled out uh, we've kind of seen that coming for for probably about a week here he hasn't been at practice uh, Darvin Adams also going to be out that is a pretty substantial loss in the Winnipeg receiving core Willie Jefferson is listed as questionable looks like he's going to play over on the Hamilton side, I would say the biggest loss is probably Braylon Addison. Big blow to the receiving core there. Uh, Don Jackson was expected to see first-team running back duties. He is out. And Devere Posey has been six-gamed as well by the Tiger Cats. And in the trenches, offensive lineman Chris Van Zyl unavailable, as well as Canadian interior defensive lineman Ted Laurent. So, uh, yeah fairly lengthy list of notable injuries here for for both of these teams we don't have any data to go off of there was no preseason at all uh, you know neither of these quarterbacks even played very much in 2019 with Caleros missing most of the first half of the year or first three quarters of the year even and uh, Masoli getting hurt pretty early on and uh, getting his knee rebuilt here. So I, I think we're going to see some rust. And I, I think these coaches are probably going to lean on their running games a little bit more than they might otherwise. Harris is a huge loss, and no question there. Uh, Canadian Brady Oliveira is going to be the primary for Winnipeg. And this is another guy who actually missed most of 2019 injured. Uh, Hamilton is in the same boat with Sean Thomas Erlington. Very similar circumstances. He went down early in 2019. So we're, we're going to be seeing some guys that just have not played any football in, in over two years. Um, Winnipeg's offensive line is largely intact. And Stanley Bryant and Jamarcus Hardrick, you've got two of the best tackles in the business. Hamilton, a little bit more of a question mark with Van Zyl out now and the departure of Riker Matthews. He went to BC and Mike Filer retired. But they still look pretty solid in the interior. And they will have their hands full with Winnipeg's fearsome defensive line. 
Jackson Jeffcoat and, of course, Willie Jefferson. Both of those guys are forces to be reckoned with, and I do expect Winnipeg to send lots of pressure early at Jeremiah Masoli, especially with him hitting the field for the first time since coming off a major knee injury. We'll you know see if he's tentative at all. Hamilton's ability to back off that blitz with a strong run game is going to be important here. If you listened in the past, you know I'm pretty high on Sean Thomas Erlington. I, I like what he's shown in an admittedly limited sample size, uh, but I will be looking for him to have some success on the ground. Both teams passing games, as I mentioned, will take a hit with, with Adams out for, for Winnipeg and no, no Braylon Addison for Hamilton, but uh, Hamilton at least still has the game-breaking threat in Brandon Banks. Well, Winnipeg, I would expect a little more of a receiver-by-committee approach Several guys should see the ball here, Nick Dembski, Drew Wolitarski, guys like that. They're, they're reliable targets, but I do wonder a little bit about their ability to stretch the field with their personnel. So given all that, combined with the rust factor, likely to affect the timing of an offense a little more than a defense, I'm anticipating a bit of a slower ground and pound type of game here. I don't think the 2019 data is worth all that much at this point, but these are two teams that bring back a significant portion of their rosters compared to other teams and both head coaches. So it is worth pointing out that they played comfortably to the under in all three of their 2019 matchups with around 33 or 44 points on average in those games. This total opened 51. We've seen a little bit of money come in on the over to push that up slightly. But I do expect a lower scoring game here, and I think an underplay is fairly attractive. As far as the point spread goes, this is pretty much the number I expected if Willie Jefferson was to be confirmed out. I do project Hamilton as a slightly better team here, particularly with Andrew Harris not suiting up for the Bombers. But with all signs pointing to Jefferson playing, I think three and a half is just a touch high here to back the Cats on the road. So unless we see some substantive movement either way, I'm not anticipating making a play on this number. Remember, too, that uh, the number three is the most important number in all of football. And when it comes to the CFL specifically, it really is the only true key number. So that is something to keep in mind if this line shifts at all. Props-wise, uh, we don't usually get these dropped until game day, but I'll be interested to see what kind of odds we get on Masoli to throw an interception. He can be a little turnover-prone and, you know, two years of rust, obviously. So I think there's a pretty good chance we, we see a pick, uh, you know, really from either quarterback in this case. So that would be something to, to keep an eye on if you're looking to get a prop bet in tomorrow as kickoff time approaches. So as of the moment, we haven't seen any lines come out yet for any of the other games. Bookmakers are apparently hesitant to hang a bad number, given the uncertainty, I suppose. The CFL did sign a partnership this week with a betting site called BetRegal. I have never heard of them personally, and in digging around a little, I'm not alone in that regard. Looks to be a smaller book out of Europe. Um, they do have some lines posted. I'm not certain how closely these are going to match the major books when they, they post their lines. Um, but I guess we can use them as a bit of a baseline. 
So we got BC visiting Saskatchewan on Friday night. You know you're going to have a raucous crowd there in Regina. I'm seeing riders favored by four and a half with a 46 and a half total at this Bet Regal site. Uh, so we'll see if those numbers hold when the the main players put them on the board. I guess we'll start with the injury report for these teams. Uh, offensive lineman Taryn Vaughn is Saskatchewan's only key injury that I'm seeing right now. Uh, they haven't ruled him out officially yet. But he hasn't practiced all week. And while Vaughn might not be a huge name, this is a big blow to the Riders' offense. This Riders' O-line was already looking like a shadow of its former self, and Vaughn, along with Dan Clark, was one of two returning vets uh, expected to anchor that unit. On the BC side, uh, Mike Riley's actually been limited in practice this week. But honestly, I'd be shocked if he didn't play, given his reputation for playing through the pain. He might not be at 100%, though. Sounds like some possible fatigue in his elbow. So something to be aware of for sure. But yeah, like I said, I'm sure he'll play. Nobody notable has has officially been ruled out otherwise. Uh, this, this is going to be a clash, I think, between a, a team that a lot of people are kind of sleeping on a little bit in BC. Um, and, and one that I, I think is actually getting a little overrated among the general public uh, in, in Saskatchewan. Riders have, have lost a lot of pieces and, you know, almost a, a twist of fate. They, they kind of find themselves like BC was in, in 2019 with a, a lot of preseason expectations, but uh, an offensive line that is, is potentially in tatters that could possibly derail some of that hype in a hurry if, if they're not up to snuff. Uh, the silver lining here, I guess, for them is that BC does look pretty thin in the defensive front seven. Uh, this was actually a problem for them in 2019, and, and we won't really know if it's been adequately addressed until we see some of these new guys on the field. I, I think the riders would be rise to run at them early and often, test that front out, uh, You know, especially considering BC has added Marcus Sales and Anthony Chaffee to the secondary, which was actually already half decent uh, with, with Gary Peters and TJ Lee back there as well. Um, running the ball, though, has never really been... Uh, you know, something Jason Moss, who's, a, of course, Saskatchewan's new offensive coordinator, that's never really been something he's he seemed to have been a huge fan of. So it will be interesting to see how they approach this. Uh, on the other side of the ball, I, I think we'll see more of the kind of a, an opposite approach. Uh, you know, BC with a, a pretty deep crew of receivers. Now, I, I think bringing in Lucky Whitehead's, his game-breaking speed is going to add a new dynamic to that receiving core. You know, you, you got Brian Burnham there, old, old reliable. Um, I mentioned in the preview podcast that the Riders' defense has several key players now in their 30s and coming off two-year layoffs, so it, it's possible some of these guys will have, will have lost a step. We're not going to know for sure till we actually see them out there. I don't think BC is going to go out and hang a big number on them by, by any means, but let, let's say BC is, uh, to my eye, uh, much better equipped to succeed on offense in 2021 than they were in 2019, uh, you know, when things were just a total disaster on that side of the ball. I was hoping to see this line get set at around six points or so, in, in which case I'd have been all over BC. If it is indeed only four and a half, that's a little less enticing. But the, if there's one area of a football field that can, can sink you fast if they're underperforming, it, it's the offensive line. And I really wouldn't even consider backing the riders as favorites uh, with how big of a question mark that position is right now. 
46 and a half. That is a pretty low total. Special teams, I, I think, could maybe push me towards an underplay here. Saskatchewan has John Ryan back for another year, booming punts 50 yards downfield. If if he's able to not outkick his coverage, which was a problem at, at points last year, um, he is a guy who can pin a team deep and, and flip a field. Uh, so that's that possibly would set up some long fields for, for BC's offense to deal with. The Lions, meanwhile, they've got a brand new place kicker, Takeru Yamasaki, a global player hailing from Japan. So we'll see how that goes. There's always a chance of, of nerves in your first pro game and you know, possibly leading to a, a shanked field goal or two. Uh, on the props front, I'm hoping we get an over-under on Cody Fajardo rushing yards. This is a guy who has pretty good wheels, and I, I'd even argue actually he was a little underutilized as far as designed quarterback runs uh, go back in, in 2019. Um, he did quietly put up about 600 yards on the ground. I'm just thinking with the possible problems on the Saskatchewan O-line, I could see him getting flushed from the pocket and needing to take take off with the ball himself with some regularity on, on Friday night. So if we did happen to get a rushing total listed, you know, you know around 30 yards or below 30 yards, uh, a play on the over is, is definitely something uh, I would take a, a close look at in that regard. All right. Uh, why don't we call this part one of week one? Uh, I'll break this up into two smaller shows uh, just because we still don't have any confirmed lines yet for the Saturday games. Um, at least not at a, a book that anyone has heard of. <laughs> so ideally we'll get some, so they'll get those sometime tomorrow um, and have just a little bit more to go on. Um, one thing I am really liking is the CFL requiring teams to release injury reports throughout the week this year and instead of us uh, scrambling around 24 hours before kickoff trying to piece things together. The downside to that is the books also now have that information uh, should they choose to use it. And that could possibly lead to some sharper opening lines, but I'm going to assume week one with all the uncertainty is, is just an aberration here and We'll be back to getting our opening lines on Monday afternoon or Tuesday at the latest uh, once the season really gets rolling. So as far as a best bet goes here uh, among the two games I discussed in this show, under 51 and a half in the Ticats Bombers clash tomorrow uh, is definitely where I'll be laying my money. Uh, it's going to be great to have the CFL football back no matter what, but of course it's just a tiny bit better when you've got a winning ticket in your hand. So let's hope for a hard-fought game in the trenches tomorrow night. Lots of lots of running, lots of third-down stuffs, and uh, hopefully that gets us home with a total in, in the 40s or lower. Um, so thanks as always for listening, folks. Uh, once again, you can hit me up at cflbettingpodcast at gmail.com. With any questions or feedback, I appreciate all the support, and we will talk again soon. Good luck.